The Zone Coverage Podcast Network. This podcast is presented in front of a live Astadio audience. Hey guys, Brandon Warren here from Zone Coverage and the Midwest Wing Podcast here to talk to you about Circle Rock Clothing Company here in Minneapolis. Circle Rock began in 2018 because they saw a gap in the casual clothing market. They felt that business casual needed to up its game, and they were also not down with the fact that 97% of the production in the clothing industry in this country was moved offshore. At Circle Rock, you can find a little bit of everything. Suits, vests, sweaters, blazers, belts, jackets, pants, anything you need to look your best regardless of the situation. And at Circle Rock, not only is their style uniquely upgraded American, their suppliers are too. We at Zone Coverage have partnered up with Circle Rock, and the promo code is ZONE25. With that promo code, you can receive a $25 gift card good for your next purchase. It's not just suits. It's all kinds of menswear. They also just opened up the House of Style in southwest Minneapolis on West 44th Street, so you can check them out in person as well. Otherwise, go to CircleRock.com. And again, don't forget to use the coupon code ZONE25. That's CircleRock and CircleRock.com. Up your game. I, Tom, I had a potential crisis on my hands at the Josh Donaldson presser, going to the Josh Donaldson presser. Oh, boy. So you know that I live like 35 minutes away, 25 miles away, whatever. Yep. And to find out like an hour and a half beforehand, two hours beforehand, I guess I I got everything together. It was last second. Yeah. Yeah, So I get halfway there and I start poking around for my wallet. Oh, boy. There was, uh, there was no wallet to be had, to be found. And so the Miguel Sano presser, Last week, yep. the guy at the guard shack was like, I need identification. I need affiliation. Oh, really? Usually they let you in without... The guy yeah. this time, I just kind of smooth talked to him. He's like, who are you with? I'm like, Tom Schreier's own coverage. Nice. I didn't say Tom Schreier as in I'm Tom Schreier. Bailey, Bailey did not love drop, that. You drop the name when you need it. Like, you'll drop Homer Bailey when you go to the bars now. Sure. And so they let me through. And you're supposed to go to BOC. The gate on the right, instead of the Champions Club, right. you're supposed to go to the gate on the right. I kind of follow Betsy Hellfan from St. Paul Pioneer Press through the oh, man. Champions Gate. It's locked, but we see Elvis, the team's translator, and then like their, one of their PR dude. guys. Yeah. yeah, great guy. And so we knock on the door. He comes over, lets us in, whatever. And then we get to this little curtain outside the Sid Hartman Press Room, and this guy stops us. He's like, Need to see your ID. Need to see your affiliation. I'm like, oh no, I've made it this far, and I'm gonna be Bailey. What is happening? I'm dude? going to be turned away. People know Brandon Warren. You and got clout in the community. Then Jim Rich comes up next to me and kind of looks at me with side eye. He goes, "They're doing it to me too." So neither of us had our proper ID. Can someone vouch for us? So Matt Hodson, another one of the PR guys, comes over. He's like, "These guys are good," and waves us in. But I was like freaking out because it's one thirty. Yeah, I'm halfway there. I can't get home and get back in time. No. Nope. And this is going to start right on time. This is one of those huge press conferences. Not it like it was a, on Fox Sports North and MLB Network, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So it was it was a huge deal. So everything is uphill from that point on. The Donaldson presser. We'll talk about some of that. Went very well. And I have a Donaldson fact. I don't think yeah, this has been brought up yet. It's not about Cleet Thomas. I hope it's not. Although I love <laughs> okay. you know I'll talk about Cleet Thomas any day if you can bat without gloves on. You're a special You're player. You're a man's man. Cleat, I, Cleat sanity. I tried to find him on Facebook as yeah. kind of like a back channel to be like, <laughs> we're hey, what was, what? Would, well, we're back channeling to see what Josh Donaldson was like at Auburn. Oh, I see. And gotcha. so 
Yeah, like that's like Mike Berardino, like behind the scenes yeah. legwork. He'll tell you the guy's girlfriend's name. Yeah, I mother's know, maiden I know, name. I know. Credit? No, I mean, no. He's Mike, all Mike over. would get the details though, and sure. so yeah, I was doing. I was trying to figure out the the Cleet Thomas connection, but I couldn't get a hold of Cleet. Anyway, Bummer. You have a factoid that you do. Need you to know share. where Mr. Donaldson was born? Florida, I think. Florida. It is a, a location. I guess this will give it away. Tryersville. Uh, Tryers. I don't have my own fill in Florida. Uh, the uh, it is where a Twins affiliate is. Pensacola. Yeah, so he's from Pensacola. I say there's only Pensacola and Fort Myers, unless Elizabethan. But I think that's Tennessee. No, that's Tennessee, uh, and they they're shutting that down. I think or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, mean, I think I hope because not. they're restructuring. That's like a legendary team too. They win like the the Appy League yeah, the every e single town year. Twins. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he, from Pensacola. Uh, born in Pensacola. I'm assuming he's from Mobile, Alabama, because that's mm -hmm. where he, he went to school. That is where our Luke Inman is, just in case people are football fans uh, listening to the show, want to listen to the draft rapper or, or yeah, catch up on the really senior bowl stuff. Into the edge guy from Alabama and Ben Bredesen from I think Michigan, the guard. Yeah. He's got a mock draft. He's got all kinds he's of stuff. He's got fun video stuff. there and well, all that. So while yeah, you're over there checking out my Miguel Sano piece, the Josh Donaldson piece that's to come, I promise it's worth waiting for. I had some editing come up last night. Some Minnesota yeah, United stuff. Bit, so yeah. the Donaldson thing is going to come out today. We're an hour early with the podcast because we're going to Target Field after this for a little bit of lunch, a yep. little bit of Twins Fest action. But that gap in between will allow me to finish up what I think people will really enjoy. But if you're at the site, check out that Josh Donaldson article, the Miguel Sano, and check out the the Mobile report from Luke. We got to justify sending him there, but he's got a no. He always gets great seven round mock. Yeah. He's got podcasts. He's got video of him got talking it. to Carter Coughlin from the. The Gophers, yeah. all kinds of good stuff, zonecoverage.com. Yeah, so, yeah, definitely check it out. I just thought it was funny that uh, Mobile. you don't hear a lot about yeah Mobile or Pensacola, but there you have it, Josh Donaldson, who we're going to talk about this, but I think will be an impact player. I, didn't, I was actually surprised. You had tweeted something out. You said, I wouldn't believe this except I saw it with my own eyes, that Josh oh, Donaldson was not a at twin. All. Not at all. Um, I, you know, and I know, I know people have written about this as well, that there's some sort of I think of when they signed Maurer, and obviously this is not um, didn't come to fruition. But they said, you know, well, we'll keep the best players in town, right? Mm -hmm. We'll we're willing to shell out the 184 million, maybe one day 200 million dollars plus um, for a player. The message here, all these years later, seemed to be there's going to be more Josh Donaldsons. We have the core, right? We have this great they lineup. Keep their Donaldsons. Keep the Donaldsons, but also we're supplementing. And this is yep. truly supplemental. Cruz is supplemental. Donaldson's supplemental. The rest of those guys are homegrown. You hope on the pitching side, it's Brios and who else, whoever else they develop, plus supplemental players that they either trade for or get in free agency. So I thought uh -huh. that was an interesting message coming out of the press conference. Not only that, but if you sign a guy like Donaldson, especially for the value, the length, and the duration, I guess all the things considered, you have to also be saying, you got to be all in now. Right, and we're going to keep, you know, they signed Sano last week. Barrios, regardless of if it's year out. to year and then a big contract in a couple years. Buxton, if if that comes to fruition, it sounds like he's Basically got Basically, if he stays healthy, he's yeah, good yeah, enough. Yeah. But, I mean, Polanco, Kepler locked up. Mitch Garver, maybe eventually at his age, maybe not. But you can't sign Donaldson and then say, we're not going to put money into keeping the rest of the team intact. So... With the payroll verging on, I think, like 140 right now, I think, as I've said all along, it's going to be that slow climb. Everybody wants them to go 150, 160 right and now. Spikes don't tend to work. But the problem well. is, if you spike, like, look at, so Jose Altuve, kind of a random name, made, I think, 9 million bucks last year. He's made 33 million in his entire career, according to Baseball Reference. Right. 
his extension kicks in at $29 million this year. Those huge bumps like that throw all kinds of things into whack payroll-wise, and they've got like $150 million combined committed to five players. Will Myers for the Padres went from like a few million or whatever to like $15 million. Right. That's why they're trying to trade him. The process that's been in place for the Twins and Derek Falvey and Thad Levine for their—this is off-season four, I think—is— sustainable in that they're not having those spikes, those ebbs and flows where if you have a big guy coming due for an extension, but you're at a rough spot in payroll, you let them walk like Mookie Betts right now with the Red Sox, which is insane. But yeah, the fact that they're even thinking about talking about trading him is bananas. And so I asked Derek Falvey about the future flexibility because implicit or explicitly, they've talked about that flexibility and that fluidity of their payroll being good. You can go to their balance sheet on COTS, which is a baseball prospectus site. It'll show you, like, they have this much hard committed to the upcoming years. No arbitration because you can non-tender a guy. No, they, they bake in a little bit for the, the 500000 or whatever for first-year, second-year, third-year players. So they're sacrificing some of that flexibility with Donaldson, right? So I said, okay, you've had this future flexibility. If you were going to make a dent in that, it had to be for this caliber of a player, right? So Falvey said, yeah, I think there's different ranges of what they call, quote-unquote, impact players. They've said impact players pretty much this entire offseason and the lead-up to it. So there's different level of those. They feel like Donaldson is in that small subset where he takes you to a whole nother level. He's, like I said, since his breakout in 2013, second in Fangraph's war among hitters. I, I'm sure you probably know who's number one. Mike Trout, Trout right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, to put a dent in that or whatever— you you got to have a needle mover that's impactful. And to me, that's like, yeah, you're not going to throw $25 million at Zach Wheeler unless you think he's that guy. But it doesn't make sense to do $18 million for Dallas Keuchel, who may not even outpitch Michael Pineda for $10 million less this year. So I think their discipline and their approach have been prudent, and they've executed it almost flawlessly to this point. Yeah, I, I think the um, there's no guarantee that just because Donaldson's here, you're going to get other free agents. I think it changes the mindset internally. I, th- I kind of hinted at that, but we were talking about packaging prospects. I think that's now in play. Mm-hmm. Um, just given, A, you're going to run out of 40-man or even you know 25-man roster spots yeah, at yeah, some yeah. point. Um, but you have to have that urgency because otherwise that contract doesn't pay off. You go back, and I'm using Bauer because he was the last kind of big, big contract. Mm-hmm. They had to be ready to win that and they weren't and that's part of why that contract became a problem and i don't think they realized they weren't no i mean we like would they have went thought from 2010 where maybe the most talented twins team in the previous 15 years sure. I mean, 2006 was really good too yeah it was probably 06 was 10 and good. 9 yeah you know i yeah I, i'm so I, i'm right there with you but the fact that they fell off so fast i mean 99 losses the next year needing a walk-off win in John Gordon, yeah. John Gordon's last game as a broadcaster, yep. where they did a simulcast with the TV. Like, they needed that win to avoid 100 losses after going to the playoffs against the Yankees the year before. Like, that was year one of the Joe Maurer extension, and it barely got any better the rest of the way. Yeah, and, and in this case, it's funny that history kind of will repeat itself in some way. I think you're going to—we talked about this, see the White Sox— Get good, you're gonna, you know, the the Yankees still stand in their way, yeah, but they have to be more aggressive this time around. I, I think they, um, 
you know, Donaldson is an aggressive move. I think you also, you make sure you lock in that course. So we're talking these players, the Brios and Buxton's, but also, you know, what is the next, you know, this isn't a final move. And in, in my, I think it's actually the start of something for the twins. And I think it's interesting that they vocalized that mm-hmm. in the press conference, knowing I don't think it should have, but the fact that they said they wanted impact pitching right yep. at the beginning of the year, that's some, for some reason, coming back to bite them. And we looked at it and we were like, Wheeler's got an injury history. Ryu's old. Um, Bumgarner doesn't want to come here and obviously is wearing tear on his arm. You go down the list of those pitchers. You don't want that second tier guy because he's probably not that good. Uh, you or know, if you're going to have to coach him up, don't pay market value for it. Yeah. The the key is how do you get, you know, how do you get that your hands on those pitchers? Because my guess mm-hmm. is internally they're going to have one or two more. You wonder Balasovic or Duran or is one of those guys pans out. Duran's a top 100 prospect for Baseball America this year. Like it came out the last few days. And he seems he's of, like number 96 and Balasovic is number uh, 95. Yeah. And I think of that, you know, Gratterall Kala. Uh, Duran, the kind of fireballers, mm-hmm. he seems most likely to. It sounds like Gratterall, and I love this. This is another. This is how that urgency impacts a, a prospect. Why not just have Gratterall go out there and and throw a hundred two out of the? He's bullpen? already dealt with the shoulder stuff. Why fire? And that's why what waste you need right bullets now. at Rochester. You need to supplement Duffy and May and Rogers and and those kind of players. And yeah. so you hope a call in and those guys. And the, the only question is, will his innings come at the expense of Matt Whistler, who's out of options? And I know that. Seems uh, Matt Wester's ab- a fun that name, seems yeah. absurd, absurd to Twins fans listening, but out of options and and actually Doe, our friend who's the MLB.com reporter said, out of options seems to win every single time. Yeah, and I, as much as that, fans don't love it because you're you're kind of you're taking a okay player right, and mm-hmm. you. I prefer that mentality. Make a young player earn that spot. I'm actually fine as long as that player the the okay players and making a lot of money having that guy hold down a spot instead of just kind of what was we talked about that kind of well, it's like Aaron 11. Hicks when he came up and struggled yeah 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 you you job to a much. kid you can't go to the veteran because the veteran is either off the team because they can't go to the minors yeah or they're just not an option for you like you can't sign a player to back up Aaron Hicks on April 15th so you end up going to Jordan Schaefer who yeah is- Jordan Schaefer was all right for a while also funny, kind of a failed prospect. I think Jordan yeah, Schaefer. Big prospect with the Braves. Yeah. He could he could run like crazy. But that's the that's the issue. If you if you go with the veteran, and this is a Terry Ryan staple for a long time, down to signing Levon Hernandez, signing Tony Batista, Juan Castro ahead of Jason Bartlett at shortstop. And it drove people crazy. Sidney Ponson too, Ramon Ortiz. I'm gonna run out of breath saying all of them. But you go to the vet, you make the kid show you they can. And the vet can be dumped whenever. So I think that's a, I think it's a good point. It's a good process, and I think that might be what happens with Gradrall. But again, the the twenty sixth man throws a wrinkle into it. How do you manage a bigger, deeper bullpen? And again, should he be wasting any of his bullets at Rochester? He's already had a shoulder issue. He had Tommy John very, very early in his minor league process as a teenager. So. If there's only two or three years on his arm, a la Joel Zumaya, you got to get results out of him right now. And you can't operate as though that's the only thing that could happen, but you have to kind of balance that between a 20-year career where he's the next Justin Verlander, Nolan Ryan, throwing the crap out of the ball. Here's a thought, even in the current regime of when they've used a 
a player kind of as a stopgap and another player took his job. Mm-hmm. I think of Scope. I actually think they thought Jonathan Scope, friend of Justin Bailey. Justin Close, Bailey, big, big, personal friend. Big Scope guy. Love seeing him play uh, shortstop. But uh, if anyone wants to know that joke, look at his stats with the Brewers. We but, took away his microphone just so he could not get pissed. Oh, there it is. Did you see the Garden Hire quote from yeah. yesterday? <laughs> I, let's say it, though. It's so funny. <laughs> Hold on. Let me pull it up quick so oh, no, I make it's, sure it's literally, I it I'm right. glad we got these guys from Minnesota because yeah. they fired yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, yeah. super funny. So that was CJ Cronin, Jonathan Scope. Sorry to steal your thunder, though. No, it's fine. Cro- I mean, Cronin can make an argument. Um, maybe is that kind of player too. But with Scope, what worked out is you wanted the upside, didn't happen. You're hoping that he bounces back to where he was with the Orioles a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. But what actually happened is a rise. Just stole his job. And that's actually what you... Mr. Steal Your Girl. I mean, were you... I, when I saw him on the field, I was like, wait, Arise was the guy they got from the minors? Were you surprised? I felt like that was a bit of a like deep cut, and he, he turned out really as well. As far as how good he was from where he came from? I just didn't think he was like the next in line to make the majors when I, I saw him. I thought he would be pretty good. Yeah, but, but like, he's like 22, isn't he? He's literally getting – so Zips, Dan Zimborski we had on the show, one of the very first shows a few years ago, he has a, a projection system called Zips. And do you know who this year's – comparable player is to for a rise. Think of the best second baseman in baseball over the last 20 years. Uh, oh, I can't. I can picture him and I cannot say his name. Dustin Pedroia. Oh, Pedroia. Pedroia. Oh, not who I was thinking. Okay. Well, I suppose you could go with Chase Utley. You could go with a lot, yeah, of, yeah, you could yeah. go with a lot of guys. Yeah. But Pedroia. Yeah, I mean, these projection systems are pretty well in on him. It's not a Danny Santana situation. Granted, Danny Santana. and We'll, we'll get to Danny Santana. He yeah, he was in your story. But yeah. there was a ramp up for Santana. And Danny Santana's in the majors, right? He's with the, he had a great year with yeah. the Rangers last year. Like yeah. Crazy stolen bases and played center field for them and crazy. But yeah, Arise took that step that I think a lot of people didn't necessarily see coming so fast. And yeah, it made scope sort of what you would say, what you would call expendable. I don't like calling other human beings expendable. Yeah, but he didn't have a defined role on the Twins because they weren't going to have him play third base. He wasn't playing second base that often. Yeah, I mean, nothing was more kind of emblematic of that than scope. I think two strikes into an at bat pulls his oblique or something. It's some sort of injury like that. Oh yeah, this is the Araldis, isn't it? I yeah, Uh, no, no, Lewin. No, no, who's the guy who um. Came from the Mariners, throws like... Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz, yep. Um, uh, he, well, he had one with, with Araldis that he battled Araldis, too. Yeah, but I think it was Diaz on the mound. I, I, think, well, I, th- I think both of them happened. Yeah. This one, though, comes in with two strikes. Scope goes out with the injury. And Arise, like, works a 15-pit at bat. It was insane. I want to say that was Araldis, but I'm not it sure. Might, it might have been. But either way, it, that's the class of pitcher that he was up against. Yeah. and He's like Joe Maurer up there, though. I, and he and just kind of a funny guy. He sits there and kind of squats when he doesn't like the pitch and stuff. I he there's a lot of like little mannerisms he has that are very funny. So I saw somebody tweet this. I don't remember who it was, but he was on the stage and somebody asked him about not striking out at the Diamond Awards last night. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. When I was a little kid, I used to cry when I'd strike out. I don't like to strike out. Yeah. So no, he's he's fun. I mean, it's unbelievable. He, really fun player. His projection though: three eleven, three seventy nine, four fifty five. Uh, you know, you're not going to see a lot of power from from it's him. crazy, though. But I think there's room for a guy like that in the game. And I think, again, that's a good example of scope didn't pan out, but you didn't just go to a rise and say, hey, it's yours. I, I don't think that works as well. So I, I don't mind the whistlers of the world or whatever who yeah. who are a certainty, even with the low ceiling. I want to bring this Falby thing full circle because I, I got two questions back to back, and it was about the elation 
of being at the end of the marathon. Now, the twins had, if you read different stories from Ken Rosenthal, Dan Hayes, and whoever else about the process of signing Donaldson, Marty Fish, Phil Miller, both having the Marty Fish story and the pessimism story. Marty, kind of, Marty kind of Fish, like, we should point out, grew up in Edina. He's a professional tennis player. Yeah. He's friends with Donaldson. So for Phil Miller, those two stories are kind of a life comes at you fast. Yeah. Anyway, you know. It, also, there's a chance Donaldson a couple of weeks ago was like, yeah, I'm not signing with the Twins. And yeah, it just if it's, I don't know if it's Marty Fish, but someone gets in his head and goes, dude, go over there. They have yeah. a good lineup. Yeah. So anyway, I asked about the elation and he said, yeah, it's funny. You use the word marathon. You're not, most people don't jump up and down after a marathon. He said he's never run one. I tapped my stomach and said, neither have I. <laughs> But he's really like, big marathon guy. Yeah, right. So he's like, <laughs> he, he gets gas at marathon probably. But um, but it it's not like you're jumping up and down after running yeah. a marathon. You're more like, you know, you're wiping your head and kind of taking deep breaths. And he said, like, that was it. It was like at the end of a long run of pursuit. And it was like, he said, all right, all right, we got it. Like, we're good. So it was literally like, they. I don't know if they were white knuckling it necessarily, because they play things pretty cool in conversations, but I, I think mean, they were definitely I think they were definitely stressing about it for a while. It's a major it's a major decision because he's basically saying, Where do I want to end my career? I mean, I who knows, maybe he signs a one, two year deal after he's done with the twins, but he does have that fifth year option, if I remember right. That would be age thirty nine. We'd assume that that'd be the time he's kind of winding down. Now, who knows? Hitters can kind of play mm-hmm. you know, late late maybe even to their forties, but um the hope is that he kind of ends it here, right? That he he goes out with a good season at well, age if you 30, exercise, 39. If you, and, yeah. If you exercise that option, then your hope is whatever he has left, you may as well just ride it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can see how this is a, a probably stressful situation. And to be honest, it kind of makes the fact that he came here all that more exciting, um, given that he did have a lot of options. On his did you see the video of what he did for his mom when she quit smoking? No. He bought her a Maserati. Whoa. Yeah. This is the kind of money you're dealing with before signing a four-year deal right. worth $21 million per year. Well, you with don't know what Bailey's driving here. 20, yeah. He probably Ubered in a Maserati, right? <laughs> That's what's up. So I want to get to Donaldson and his reaction at the press conference. And anybody who has an internet connection or a cable in the Twin Cities or internet TV, whatever, could watch that. It was on FS North, I think, MLB probably simulcast it somewhere. But he just he smiled an awful lot. And for people who weren't sure how he felt about the Twins, because there were a couple interviews of him on the golf course where he was kind of docile and just he didn't seem like he really wanted well, to be having those chats. And he talked to the Atlanta fans first. And to be fair, I think that image is always going to come off wrong because he can't be excited. He can't be like, yeah, you guys were cool, but I'm really excited about going wherever yeah. else I'm going, right? I mean, I think... And I'm keeping the colors, red yeah. and blue. I'm, I'm keeping the colors. I'm just moving to Minnesota. Th- think think about... Yeah. It is funny how many uniforms kind of have the same color scheme, yeah, yeah. but um, it'd be a little like Brian Dozier, right? I think if you asked Brian Dozier right now, he'd go, I loved Minnesota playing there. That's where I got my career started at six-round pick or whatever he was. Um, Still unsigned Brian Dozier, I might add. And yeah... It, I'm sure he loved his experience with Washington, right? World Series champion, yeah. wonderful team. Playing with uh, Kurt Suzuki, too. Yeah, and I think uh, – but if he came here to Minnesota, he's not going to play it up too much because I, I think he wants to be like, yeah, you think of like – I miss Minnesota, but it's years later. Not like when he left, he wouldn't be like, man, I'm so glad to be a Dodger and you know, getting the heck out yeah, of – Yeah, the Dodger experience was probably wasn't great for him. Kind of weird, yeah. Um, but think of how many players – we're talking about like – 
Twins Fest and, and yeah, the yeah. Winter Meltdown. Trevor Plouffe will be here. He finished his. But career if Donaldson goes else, you know, back whatever. to yeah. Oakland now, or Toronto, you know he can reflect a little more like Dozier could now. Yeah. But if when he was traded to Toronto, he's like, man, I'm glad I got out of Oakland. You know, like you have to be yeah. very careful with yeah with perception. So I, I'd, if he didn't want to be here, he wouldn't be here. I mean, it wasn't like the. I don't think the money was that different. Yeah. No matter where. Well, he went. so his his big things were like family and the pursuit and feeling like the Twins really wanted him. And so the big thing for him was the length of the deal. Obviously, the money had to be a certain level, but he's never signed a multi-year deal as a free agent. And, that, you know, the big thing was the calf issues. He signed a two-year deal, he said, in arbitration, like, I don't know, when guys have cost control and all this. It's basically right. like the first couple years of the Sano extension are arbitration years. Sometimes you just sign those away. Famously, we talked about Brian Dozier. They didn't sign him past his arbitration. Right. Some, yeah. Yeah. So you over that. Yeah. guys like to avoid that if they can, because the arbitration process is a lot like reading a tabloid. You just kind of run you through the ringer of, this is what you're bad at, and we don't want to pay you what you it, think it, you're worth. It's awful, and and yeah. I think most players, uh, most teams would like to avoid it. It's hard to justify a contract that just buys out their arbitration, doesn't get into their free agency, but at the same time, you don't want to tell your players why they're bad. It doesn't create a yeah. culture between the front office no. and the, the player, yeah. So I asked Donaldson about being the biggest free agent signing for the Twins ever. Obviously, the Joe Maurer deal is bigger. Justin Morneau had an extension that was right in that 80-some million dollar range. I think it might have been six years, 80 million. So I think I think Donaldson is still the second biggest contract signed in Twins history. And he said, yeah, the length, dollars, it's, it's very meaningful because he's been on one-year deals with the exception of that deal we talked about. And so... It's a length of time that an organization wants him to be around. He said, yeah, he knows Joe Maurer signed a really good deal here, deservedly so. And actually, the room kind of broke up about that because it was kind of funny. Like, everybody's laughing. But he said, yeah, so commitment to his family, friends, agency, and all that. He, he just, like, couldn't come up with words to express it. And he seemed genuine. He seemed sincere. He's tons of smiling. I think he's genuinely elated I, I to think, be a Minnesota twin. So he had a uh, – Morneau, you're right, six-year, $80 million extension. Boom. But um, the uh, – um, and that was the richest extension, obviously, until Mowers. But yep. um, the, uh, um, I, you know, he talked on the phone with Rocco for two and a half two hours. hours. Yeah, I think about this the is, nap room, <laughs> not yeah. just the nap room. Sorry. I, yeah, that'd be a long conversation about that. Yeah, I, I think the, um, uh, assuming Rocco's here to stay, this should be something. Us here should be like, yeah, this is why you bring in a manager like that. It, the culture is very player friendly. Wait, you don't think Rocco's going to go coach the Gophers after PJ Fleck leaves, do you? It'd be it'd be amazing. He he he, he classifies it as if Rocco's here to stay, as though the Boston job opened up this off season <laughs> for for unusual reasons. We'll just say, but Rocco didn't get in consideration for that. He's I think he's here for the long haul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the point no, is, I, I I realized it was a throwaway comment. Sorry, I honed in on. Back it, to you. It was. Uh, <laughs> Let's just create panic here with the podcast. Um, we're, no. we're stealing Patrick Royce's bit about Fleck leaving, right. about Patino leaving. Like every time an NBA job opens, right? Be like, yeah, I, yeah, hear, I, hear, job, yeah. I hear Patino's a candidate to take over for Tibbs or Sam Mitchell or whoever. And, right. And right. like thirty people every single time freak out. Like, are you serious? Are you serious? Less so about Patino, more so about Fleck now with like sure. the Panthers who hired the Baylor coach Matt Rule. But yeah. Anyway, we're not trying to be like that. So we're not, we're not creating panic. Yeah, the no. the point is, um, he's created a very player friendly environment. So assuming yeah, culture, I, culture. Yeah, and and we know, uh, you pointed this out on the podcast before. Donaldson has a good work ethic. You don't have to be worried about him 
you know, taking advantage of, um, you know, more lenient rules or whatever. So that's what you want is you want that confidence that if the manager picks up the phone, the player's like, you know what? This actually sounds like a pretty sweet deal for me. I We're not taking a weird batting practice when everyone's tired. I'm not taking ground balls when I should be, you know, resting or whatever it is. Um, and so that, that to me validates in many ways we talk about how it validates Falvey Levine I think it does look yeah yeah, yeah. 103 losses to 101 wins right but in three off seasons right but it also validates Rocco and his coaching staff that the other thing too is Donaldson probably asked like why why did all your coaches leave and the good thing is he can say it wasn't a conflict between me oh. and the coaches it's that other guys want them also that probably will happen a lot they you know they're I mean, we talked about Shelton. Shelton's actually a guy that kind of got screwed by in a weird way by this Astros deal. Maybe could have gotten a better job. Yeah. Now, they call it the brain drain, though, like the Twins losing all these guys. Right, and I think you know Rocco has to probably tell him, I'm confident the guy's coming in. I'm also confident that we have a culture where not much will change. You do lose smart people, unfortunately. It helps but that the players have stayed the same. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and he is the next Cruz in my mind. I think mm-hmm. Cruz may be done in a year or two, we'd assume. Um, at least four or five years. I mean, it'd be, listen, like his career is so weird. That I will never he bet might against. Ha- yeah, he never might get, hang on forever. I will I never know. bet against the boomstick unless it's the actual hot dog at Target Field. <laughs> but, but, Woof. But, yeah, you know, and also Cruz could sign with another team or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think Donaldson in some ways is that next. Cruz plays that role because we know that eventually I, he's a great defensive player, but by 37, 38, he may be spending more time at first base. DH. Yep. More is there just because of his bat. And we know that hitters can last a long time in the major leagues. Yeah. And so, like you said, too, with Shelton being gone, all those guys. Yeah. It's, it's important to emphasize the culture remaining intact, even with people leaving. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think part of it too, is like pruning branches and that sort of thing. Not to get into horticulture or anything too deeply here, but um, <laughs> Bailey, can you fact check this real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Big horticulture guy over yeah, there. Big guy over there. Uh, <laughs> Got plants. What were we pruning here? <laughs> we're pr- uh, staff. It's good for the ideas. Oh to yeah, yeah, out. yeah. And, and, yeah. You know, to hear like, you almost feel like sometimes things can get stale. Like, did you ever get sick of hearing uh, pitching coach Rick Anderson? Uh, and you think of hitting like, coach, utility coach Joe Vavra or Scott Alger was here forever. So I think Scott, Scott Alger comes to mind where. Got to give him credit that he's kind of Teflon, right? They moved him all over, and there's and a reason why guys like that hang around. Rick Stelmazic, um, the late Rick Stelmazic, one of the best guys in the game. Yeah, those guys hang around forever. But at some point, too, I think it can get stale. So you have to be very careful to strike that balance because they're human beings doing a very good job. But sometimes you do need to prune a little Ra- bit. Too. Rocco's gonna, and I don't want to get too far into this because we should talk about the Dominican yeah, piece yeah. and some other stuff, but. He sh- he should eventually have guys that are kind of his guys. Yeah. I think Wes Johnson's one of those. You hope he kind of sticks around long term. Mm-hmm. But um, I think they would be willing to go lucrative money to keep him around. Yeah, that he's that kind of. And guy. maybe he finds a bench coach who isn't really doesn't really want the man. Maybe that's an ex manager who doesn't want to manage it. You know, some guy. Who's yeah, there. you find like Dusty Baker. Right. I think you know. I think a- Gene Glenn was good for that. Yeah, and I think. Um, it, yeah, exactly, and I think. Um, you do want some staples. However, we learned this with the Garden Hire Twins. At one time, innovative. At the end, you're like, man, you're stuck in an era of baseball that's long gone, and mm-hmm. that's why you're losing. So, yeah. uh, important point. Yeah. So I asked Donaldson one last question. Like, how will he make his teammates better? What kind of leader will he be? And the angle I was thinking was, like, you do have a big personality. You want to make guys better. But this is also your 
fourth team in the last three years because you got Blue Jays for the injury, right. Cleveland. Right. You sign with Atlanta. You sign with the Twins. How do you check your ego at the door a little bit as the new guy in the room while also realizing Nelson Cruz walked in, and I'm sure he had immediate respect too. Right. So it, it, it's it got to be a little bit of a balance, but also he talks about like how Johnny Gomes, I don't remember Johnny Gomes. Exactly, yeah. Like the guy was a, a big-time power prospect with the Rays. In fact, I'm sure he played with Rocco forever. And he's an outfielder. He was a butcher out there. But teams kept signing him for character and for personality. Yeah. Like – he was on like one of the Red Sox teams that won, and he was with Oakland for a while when when Donaldson came up, and with the Rays teams that defied all the odds forever. He he's that kind of guy where he he'll talk to pitchers, he'll talk to different guys, no matter what, because he wants to make everyone better. So he said it's basically like you just have conversations with people. And does that sound familiar? That's Rocco yeah. all last off season coming into it. He's just like. I spent hours talking to people every single day, getting to know them. Went to the Dominican, went to Venezuela. Let them know you care. Let them know you want them to succeed. And so he wants to take the mantle from the the Joe Maurer, Torrey Hunter, Nelson Cruz. He wants to be that next guy in that line of succession. Talk about everything in a professional manner. Conduct his business in a professional manner in terms of leadership. You know, people learn not only from hearing, but from seeing. So he wants to be that kind of a leader. And so he's like, yeah, I'll... I'll talk to pitchers after their outings, especially if I face them and say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I've seen before. This is what I think you can do differently. Well, because he's been around so long, he's not going to step on Wes Johnson's toes or – sure. I don't even remember who, who who's the bullpen coach. I can't remember. Yeah, no, and it, it they, they actually don't have a bull. It's an assistant now. It's the guy they brought up from the minor leagues, but I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. they restructured how they – That's right. The that's titles. right. Yeah. But so – for for me, that's just like a, a multifaceted approach of him getting it. He understands the deal. I think that's going to be a really good thing. Is now, it, Tommy Watkins sounds right. Tommy Watkins is the first base coach. That's right. I'm so, I'm trying to look it up on the fly, but we'll. No, it's all good. I, I I remembered that Mike Bell was the bench coach. Yeah. And I literally wrote something about the pitching coach, but it, it, this is, or the bullpen coach, but it's escaping me right now. Let's talk about Miguel Sano for a minute. I did write a piece about the team's Dominican influence. They opened a. An Academy in 2004, they were renting at the time. They purchased some land and whatever, 45 acres, opened up an academy with the Phillies. It's $18 million. They split it right down the middle in terms of, I think each team gets three fields and half of the academy where these kids stay. The Twins actually have a high school diploma equivalency program, graduated seven players last year. Now, this opened prior to the 2017 season, so some of the quotes that I grabbed were from there, from Dave St. Peter, Thad Levine, Derek Falvey, etc. Yep. Jeremy Zoll, who's been with the organization now for a while as well. But it's a source of pride. Now, Miguel Sano came up. He Fred Guerrero, the team's Latin scouting coordinator, saw him in 2006 when he was 13. I don't think it's by coincidence that they started their academy and Sano signed five years later. Took some time to get those wheels going because they didn't. Sano have, was a shortstop at the time. Yeah, the way, they, but they didn't yeah. have much presence in the Dominican Republic. They'd had players from from the from Latin players like Pedro Munoz and right. you know, a few other guys, but they didn't have that big Latin community that they were kind of going into and trying to develop. They want to develop men. They want to develop players in addition to men because these are sixteen-year-old kids. I can't emphasize enough; they're kids, and so it was like. Maybe maybe you get a Johan Duran who didn't come up in your system, but you want that ripple effect. Instead of a trickle down, you want it to ripple up to where these guys 
are acclimated. I mean, you might have people who do bad things. You might have any player from any walk of life who slips up. They take PEDs. They do something off the field. They do something on the field. But they want to create a culture to make these guys as well-rounded as possible to possibly avoid some of the bumps in the road. And I'm not saying those would be avoided like Sano's off-the-field stuff, Jorge Polanco taking PEDs. But having Nelson Cruz as a leader, someone who's been through that, made those mistakes, and had a very difficult path to the big leagues, in addition to how they've helped players on the prospect side of things, the Wander Javiers, etc., I just think they've really set players up to succeed. And Miguel Sano, in just 2019, showed them enough to reward him with a three-year deal. If they wait one more year, that extension, even with him a year older, is probably twice as much because he's a year closer to free agency and he's a year more proven with who, about who he is. Because at first base, he's not going to have to think about defense much. He should be able to just go up there and mash the baseball. So again, if you wait another year, you're paying through the nose for Miguel Sano. I think it just validates not only their process contract-wise and culture-wise, but how they've supported Latin players both on the front end with a mentor like Nelson Cruz and on the back end with crazy, effective player development. It's worth pointing out that he is projected to bat 246, 333, 516 and hit 28 home runs. I mean, that, that'd be a pretty valuable player, um, even with the move to first base. But, you know, I think you pointed out it's not just rewarding in the sense that you get a Sano, but you had mentioned the prospects, right? You do have a place yep. to, to yep. nurture those guys. And I think um, they talk about having waves of guys. It's not just going to be people they take out of, you know, Florida and Georgia high schools or out of, you know, a big California. college pro. Yeah, California college program, whatever it is. Um, but it's also how do you dominate internationally? Because um, and, and not just Latin America, Kepler, too. So that that's where I was going mean, to go. Those is, three guys signed all in the same year. I doubt a team has gotten more production from multiple players in a single signing period. Now, obviously, you're going to have like Gliber Torres, who may someday be a Hall of Famer as an international free agent that signs and he gives you 80 war over his career. Mm -hmm. But the production the Twins have gotten from three players, it's hard for me to imagine someone's had a more successful entire class. And you just, in, or, in baseball, where there's haves and haves nots, you're in the 15 largest market. We talked about how like Josh Donaldson was a big free agent victory, right? Compare that to what, like, For the Yankees, L.A. or, yeah, New Yankees, York, that's think. like pocket change back in the day. They're not doing that as much now. I know Garrett right. Cole signed. But for them, $90 million now would have been, like, $50 million, $40 million for them 10 mm -hmm. years ago. That's like Carl Pavano money for the Yankees. Yeah, so um, you you have to win these little battles in yeah, order yeah, to put yeah. together a good team. So it, it's, it's good to see, and I think even for a player who comes in and doesn't become a great prospect, it is a way to get an education, their structure, and their life. Um, I think, um, yeah, I just, you know, in reading the piece, and I definitely think people should go out and go through it, it's, it, it's something that teams like the twin, probably every major league team at this point should, Yeah, but it's teams, teams like the twins should do that. Also, they may put one in another location. We look at and go really like there, who knows? Maybe they put a, now that they've had success with this facility, they mm -hmm. go into somewhere else, Brazil, let's say, or something like that. And they find, Another I think if Venezuela there. was more stable, they would have one there. But Yeah, and there's like, a lot of Venezuelan Twins players. Like, yeah. Bruce Dargraderall can't go back home. Like, you saw him get engaged last week. Yeah. The picture had snow in it. Like, he's not in Venezuela because it's not safe to go back. And is that That's where Ramos, right, was at his issue. Yeah, I, I think it's Mark Ayubo yeah. or something. I don't um, know how to say it. But. Yeah, either way, I mean, I think the, the fact that it's not just capitalizing on this 
place where they should be capitalizing on. There's a lot of prospects that come out of there, out of the Dominican. But um, maybe that's something where you create another hub somewhere else, and all of a sudden they tap into a market. I don't think it's Germany, but you think with Kepler's success, who knows? If you, you have know? one other Max Kepler come through your system, putting together an academy out there for $10 million bucks is worth it. And the, I mean, the other thing you notice is um, my guess, depending on how Kepler markets himself, you may create Twins fans there. That's the other thing is how do you, you see global marketing? Yeah, you see global, you know, Red Sox, Yankees, LA fans. But Europe. Yeah. Germany is, is Europe at large when you come, when you talk about baseball fans because there's not such a baseball. Yeah, football's gone there. Uh, basketball's uh, had success presence. there. Yeah. Yeah. So this is another opportunity for them to push the Twins brand generally, too. So I don't know how closely you watched the press conference. Obviously, not being there, you don't have to be as engaged. But I felt like they were really evasive about number 20. Yeah. I So Donaldson's like, um, uh, yeah, well, uh, I like 24 because Manny Ramirez wore it. And I like Manny Ramirez's hitting. And Rocco's like, it looks good on you. I like number 24. And Dustin's like, I like number 24. So funny. And it's like either there's negotiations going on and, you know, he wants him to buy him a Rolex or a fleet of cars. No, I just, I don't know. There's there's right. probably something going on there. But the fact that they haven't made a 40-man roster move, because here's the deal. 40-man roster moves oftentimes are, we can't get a hold of the guy, so we'll wait. You know, I mean, maybe it's, a guy in Latin America whose cell coverage isn't good, or maybe he just is off the grid for a while. But if it's you know one of the pitchers, a domestic guy, they're pretty easy to get a hold of. So, is there something else in the works? Is it also number twenty in the works? So that, I just think I just think there's something going on here. Now, could they wait, push it off as long as possible, put Rich Hill on the sixty day IL, and go with that? I mean, maybe. Pineda's on the restricted list. So they're, they're 40 right now, says 42. It's actually 41 because Pineda's restricted, on the restricted list, so he gets an exemption. And Rich Hill will eventually go on the 60-day IL because that would lay him up until, like, June 1. He's obviously not going to pitch anywhere near there. But there's just something going on here. I don't know what it is. So I think it's funny that Brian Dozier is going to make a lot of appearances here. He did wear 20, went to two, and I can't remember who had two before or if Denard he did. Span, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. And ended up, you know, on it. So we have. I know seen, nothing about numbers, so I'm impressed with myself for remembering that. Yeah, no. And I feel like Danny Valencia, again, kind of weird twin from the past. Um, Swagadelic, baby. Yeah, tri changed numbers. So it's not unheard of. Justin Morneau did. He went from 33 to 27 or vice he, versa. 27 to 33. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny to see the 27 jerseys. Like, there's people that kind of probably has a novelty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Donaldson's wore 29, 20 in three different spots, and then 27. So it's not like he's been 20 his whole career. Well, Does, and yeah, 20 was retired in Cleveland, so he couldn't wear 20. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it, it's come up. Yeah, I, I think what you have to be sensitive to is Eddie Rosario is a fan favorite. He has delivered in clutch moments. I, also, he's been a twin his entire career since he was literally fourth round pick, a high yeah. schooler in Puerto Rico. Yep, yep. Um, and and so as much as I understand why he's a trade target, we went over this last year. You know, he is a player projected for twenty seven home runs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he'll on base percentage projection three fifteen. That's 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 hot, that's on the high side too. Yeah, three hundred last year. Um, I think. Uh, you got to be careful with with a player who's really popular, who's probably sensitive to trade rumors. 
who could still make an impact for you this year, even if you end up moving on from him in the next offseason. I, I could see him being really sensitive about it, too. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, my if, and also, if you're a team leader, it's not just his interaction with Eddie Rosario. It's his his uh, interactions with players that like Eddie Rosario. So um, I think if you're kind of portraying yourself as the next Cruz, as the guy in those these conversations, I would choose a separate number, even if he ends up using another one down the road. Yeah. I also don't know if Donaldson's the kind of guy that really puts a lot of stock into this, or it's just like he yeah. liked 20, so he wore it. So do you think the Donaldson PR windfall could smooth over the PR negativity if they do trade Rosario for, let's say, Caleb Smith from the Marlins? I mean, I think if you trade him can for... You, can you ride the wave of Donaldson to not such a negative if they trade Rosario and all fans are kind of ticked off. Donaldson matters in this, but I'd actually say if you trade him for a pitcher, you're fine. There's such a need and such a want in the fan base to for the Twins to go get a pitcher. Mm-hmm. As long, and by the way, trading Rosario for something else doesn't make a lot of sense in my mind. So as long as you trade for a pitcher and the trade makes sense, right? We come back. Yeah, you're not flipping him for a relief prospect like Gabriel Moore or someone who's too old or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think as long as he's traded, they also don't have a lot of other needs. Let's be honest. No. And that, and that's exactly it. I think if, as long as you make that kind of deal, I think there's actually gonna be so much excitement for adding to the rotation. Mm -hmm. Then there, there will be a, there is an editor Rosario fan base. I think they probably will get over it in the sense that most people know, unless you're that franchise type player. So you're thinking Prius Buxton, you know, Maybe Sano, although I don't think Sano's there yet. You know, unless you're that kind of player, you're likely to get moved. Um, even you think of a guy like Brian Dozier, where I think if you talk to the front office, they'll tell you that's a tough move because logically they're like, we should move on from a player who's aging. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard when he's a fan favorite, when he's likable in the community, when he had a. It was a part of a lot of other here. trades too, because Escobar was a big time. Escobar is another guy. Perfect example. Yeah, and you think he maybe be a twin forever just because he's not really a high cost player. But think about the players they over. got back. Luke Rayleigh's on the forty man roster. Devin Smeltzer pitched really well right, last year. Right, right, right. Um, and the, even, then you got Duran, right, from the trade, and uh, I think Maciel, the Gabriel Maciel, who's on the forty, might be right. I mean, yeah. two guys on the forty for Eduardo Escobar, who was a free agent. Two guys who are on the forty for Brian Dozier, who was having probably the worst year of his career, right, since his like rookie season, since his breakout, right. I mean. You would you would love to have that. So you'd love to have that. So the point is, I think they can't. I, I say this as I have baseball reference open, and there's an ad for twin season become a season ticket holder. It's Eddie Rosario flexing, right? I mean, oh, they, no, you know they know how popular he is. But they probably you, you heard you and put moves. that ad up. Yeah. What? Thanks a lot, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. Bailey's leaving the room. Bailey's out of here. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Big Zuckerberg I, guy. No, you over have to there. make those tough, tough decisions. Um, and I think the Twins are capable of doing it, especially to go get pitched. So, do you plan on having any presence at Twins Fest this weekend? Um, outside of maybe after the lunch and dipping in or something like that. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I. Once he's in the building, he doesn't get out because then he can't get back in. It's like buying a ticket to a Twins game. Season tickets, right? You can, there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, uh, no, I mean I don't know how much I'll do that. It, it's exciting, almost because it's a mental check of. Spring training's around the corner. Baseball's around the corner. Yeah, it literally is like the culmination of caravan and the unofficial official ramp up of the right. road to spring training. It's like it's like if you're a wrestling fan, the road to WrestleMania. We're on our way to WrestleMania, and that's opening day for the Twins in Oakland, by the way. Yep. And then Oakland comes here. Josh Donaldson's going to have some uh, significant hashtag old friend business to take care of. 
Yeah, I and I think the thing is, it's not only the anticipation of what should be a good twin season, um, but also we know it here. Snow goes away. You know, the the warmer weather's coming. I I think you know, yeah. The, in my mind, it just kind of triggers that like <laughs> twin season's right around the corner. And then the snow comes back, and Logan Morrison gets pissed. Yeah, that was not <laughs> great. I mean, hopefully we don't get the April no April blizzard. No, that'd be good. Well, so I'll be out there, and we talked to Trevor Plouffe. We're gonna try to talk to I think Homer Bailey's gonna be there. Um, Justin, is he gonna be there? Yes. Oh, he, he's driving. Confirmed. Him. His he's the driver, and so he's part of the entourage. <laughs> Donaldson had a pretty big entourage, which was cool because it was like family, it was his girlfriend, his mom, and and then his agent Dan Lozano. So like all the people important to him, and it was cool. I'm gonna write about this on my story. I've already started. I have the lead written, but he was taking batting practice with snowballs, and like it started raining as soon as he left the field. Like. How do you even? There you have it. He brought the rain, right? And we had the worst weather his, ever. His expl- but, uh, <laughs> his explanation of the bringer of rain character, because Dave Campbell of the AP asked, and he got real serious. He's like, "It's from a TV show. It's not PG thirteen. Definitely TVMA. So, <laughs> just so you know, like he he was very like deadpan, dry as he like said that. Yeah. And maybe it's because the story is readily out there. And I mean, I read the story before, so I I'm not going to ask where it's from. I know where it's from. But yeah, he just got real serious and real like straight to the point. I thought that yeah. was kind of funny. Well, there's kids watching. Let's quickly before we go. Are they done? I, I again, got, again, Logan uh, Morrison, Lance Lynn, Marwin Gonzalez. They're not done until that first pitch is thrown. Yeah. Either, at, either maybe at spring training this time around because of the expectations of the team, but definitely Oakland. Obviously in Oakland. Got yeah. the weird West Coast time zone, 9 o'clock first pitch. Right. When that ball is delivered from, let's say, Jose Barrios to Mitch Garver, that's when I'll finally believe they're done adding. But yeah, I think all this evasiveness with number 20 and the fact that I still think they're one pitcher away. You know, we talked about do you get a Smith type, a Spencer Turnbull? I mean, I'm throwing, I'm pulling Turnbull out of a hat. That's just they, they, my No, they should preference. be working around the, the corners of the roster, if you will, they, mm-hmm. little supplements. Yomer Sanchez, if you want a defensive replacement, there's still players out there who no, can help you. Someone, I think someone literally will sign between now and the beginning of the season. I think the <laughs> question is, is a big trade in the works? Like, could they be, not necessarily price, but the the price type deal where you're like, yeah, not not. I'm not. I'm thinking it's going to be a guy who, Robbie Ray on the high end, ten million dollars contract for next year, roughly, or on the low end, I think John Gray is like five point five. And with John Gray, it's less about the money and more about the prospects. With Ray, it's probably a little of both. Not probably not really about the money because they're going to want decent prospects too. But for John Gray, again, I keep coming back to you pick the top five prospect you're least attached to, not because they're not a good prospect, but because again, win now. you're facing that you're crunch. Yep. You have depth. You've got a lot of outfielders, man, and you've got. You've got some pitching. You could trade some pitching. You don't have enough catching to really trade anybody there. But you've got some athletes, you know. So you call up Colorado and say, hey, what do you like? So you give them one of your top guys. You give them a mid-tier lottery ticket they really like. And then, again, your comp B selection, which is like pick 64 or whatever. And, hey, is that enough to get John Gray? Where do we go from here? Do you need us to take back Daniel Murphy in the trade to make money work? Because Daniel Murphy, you know, first base, second base, Ah, off the bench, he can he can still really hit. He can make contact. I don't know. 
I just I think it makes too much sense. I've been banging this drum nonstop, like the Cleveland guy in the top of left field stands, just boom, boom, boom. John Gray's the guy, man. I think I think Caleb Smith could be a really great pitcher for this team if they got him under Wes Johnson's thumb. I think Matt Boyd, but you don't want to pay the price. I think any one of a lot of Marlins pitchers, I think if you could get Spencer Turnbull from the Tigers, I know he lost 17 games last year, but everything's in place for him to be a really good pitcher. Wins and lost a bad stat. Okay. Yeah, exactly, unless you're a team. Bailey so, agrees. Bailey, big analytics, dude. Yeah. And so, I, again, I'm saying you got to go get John Gray. Just go do – and I know the Rockies are in a weird spot. Jo, uh, Nolan Arenado feels disrespected. They've got Trevor Story. They've got Charlie Blackman. I mean – Bailey and I were talking about this. He wants he wants the Brewers to go get Aaron Bailey Allen. lit up. He all of a sudden like woke up. What did he light up? <laughs> I, whoa! I, I don't I don't think they have the pieces necessary to get Arenado, but that would be a great move to kind of finish off. That's a that's a. I mean, if he wants out, he wants out. That's a very <laughs> Bailey. I, yeah, I mean, Bailey's banging the table. I, yeah, I mean. <laughs> the NL Central is interesting because the Reds, Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers, to me, are all like you could win eighty games, you could win ninety five games, but. If you had to pick them out of a hat, you'd probably have a better chance of ranking them one through four. Yeah. And then there's the Pirates. Yeah, I would say anybody uh, who's, anyone who's still concerned about the Twins pitching rotation, just take a look across the border. Putting the rough mm. and wood rough. It looks mm. really bad. That yeah. was a really bad joke, too. But yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I don't. I don't think the Brewers pull off a trade for Arnott. I don't think he goes anywhere. I think they. Yeah, but you're allowed to, to but dream. I, I, I like I told you, the Brewers officially have no prospects in the top 100. So package whatever. I have no idea what's even left. But he has a big contract. Yeah. I, they probably don't necessarily want to pay that if you're Colorado and he yeah. wants out. So leverage that, I guess. Wait a second. I thought the Brewers lost money last year. Yeah, I don't. He's even, gonna he's gonna drop. We gotta wrap this podcast. He's gonna drop the microphone. He's gonna throw it. We're gonna have we're gonna have a Brewers podcast where I just go off on. I if they're seriously like rebuilding, I'm out. Like I'm just done being a Brewers fan. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe you can if, do if they have Christian Yelich for two more seasons, the yeah. MVP of the league, arguably for the last two years, at the wind like the window's open. You gotta. There's no reason payroll opening day this season should be lower than it was last season. Yep, it's yep. absolutely ridiculous. Maybe you could be locked on Brewers or maybe locked up Brewers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more <laughs> sense. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. I'm sure a bunch of people out at the Twins Daily Winter Meltdown. Obviously, a fun event put on by John Bonus and company at Twins Daily, a partner of ours in a lot of different things. Yep, yep. And so if you are coming out, give us a shout. Say hi to Tom. Say hi to me. I'll probably you might even bring Bailey. Bailey, I'll, there's beer. I'll either be wearing a vest or a Ryan Tannehill jersey. I haven't gotten my jersey yet. <laughs> yeah, Bailey will light it on fire. I just said, give me that. Hard to explain, <laughs> but anyway. Is this a Dolphins Tannehill? No, it's it's Titans. I mean, he's a free agent now, so it's you not You bought good. a Titans Tannehill jersey? It's a long story. Uh, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, I'm it's a long story. Here. But if you're at the Meltdown, say hi to Tom. Say hi to me. Derrick Henry is on the Titans. I'll explain off the air. Anyway, if you have a ticket, come see us. If you don't, you're going to miss out. It's it's going to end Twins Fest weekend. So I think Trevor Plouffe's going to be there, Kent Herbeck. I'm not breaking any news. There's going to be some cool people there at the Lumber Exchange. But we'll come back next week. I don't know what we'll talk about. Maybe the Twins will make a trade, or maybe Twins Fest will provide some really good clarity into roles for some guys, or maybe Homer Bailey tells me about a splitter. We'll see what happens. See what you can do about that, Justin Bailey. Yeah. All right. Well, you've been listening to Midwest Wing, part of the Zone Coverage Podcast Network. For Tom Schreier and for Justin Bailey producing, this is Brandon Warren saying so long, and we'll see you next week. 
Rock over London. Rock on, Chicago. Chicago.